Chapter 1 through 18 of Tao Te Ching and Wu Wei. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Melanie Schleter McCalmont. Tao Te Ching and Wu Wei by Lao Tzu. Translated by Dwight Goddard and Mabel Edith Reynolds. Chapter 1 The Tao that can be understood cannot be the primal or cosmic Tao. Just as an idea that can be expressed in words cannot be the infinite idea. And yet this ineffable Tao was the source of all spirit and matter, and being expressed was the mother of all created things. Therefore, not to desire the things of sense is to know the freedom of spirituality, and to desire is to learn the limitation of matter. These two things, spirit and matter, so different in nature, have the same origin. This unity of origin is the mystery of mysteries, but it is the gateway to spirituality. Chapter 2 When everyone recognizes beauty to be only a masquerade, then it is simply ugliness. In the same way goodness, if it is not sincere, is not goodness. So existence and non-existence are incompatible. The difficult and easy are mutually opposites. Just as the long and the short, the high and the low, the loud and the soft, the before and the behind, are all opposites and each reveals the other. Therefore the wise man is not conspicuous in his affairs, or given to much talking. Though troubles arise, he is not irritated. He produces, but does not own. He acts, but claims no merit. He builds, but does not dwell therein. And because he does not dwell therein, he never departs. Chapter 3 Neglecting to praise the worthy deters people from emulating them, just as not prizing rare treasures deters a man from becoming a thief, or ignoring the things which awaken desire keeps the heart at rest. Therefore the wise ruler does not suggest unnecessary things, but seeks to satisfy the minds of his people. He seeks to allay appetites, but strengthen bones. He ever tries by keeping people in ignorance to keep them satisfied, and those who have knowledge he restrains from evil. If he himself practices restraint, then everything is in quietness. Chapter 4 The Tao appears to be emptiness, but it is never exhausted. Oh, it is profound. It appears to have preceded everything. It dulls its own sharpness, unravels its own fetters, softens its own brightness, identifies itself with its own dust. Oh, it is tranquil, 
it appears infinite. I do not know from what it proceeds. It even appears to be antecedent to the Lord. Chapter 5 Heaven and earth are not like humans. They are impartial. They regard all things as insignificant, as though they were playthings made of straw. The wise man is also impartial. To him all men are alike and unimportant. The space between heaven and earth is like a bellows. It is empty but does not collapse. It moves and more and more issues. A gossip is soon empty. It is doubtful if he can be impartial. Chapter 6 The spirit of the perennial spring is said to be immortal. She is called the Mysterious One. The Mysterious One is typical of the source of heaven and earth. It is continually and endlessly issuing and without effort. Chapter 7 Heaven is eternal, earth is lasting. The reason why heaven and earth are eternal and lasting is because they do not live for themselves. That is the reason they will ever endure. Therefore the wise man will keep his personality out of sight, and because of so doing he will become notable. He subordinates his personality, and therefore it is preserved. Is it not because he is disinterested that his own interests are conserved? Chapter 8 True goodness is like water, in that it benefits everything and harms nothing. Like water, it ever seeks the lowest place, the place that all others avoid. It is closely kin to the Tao. For a dwelling it chooses the quiet meadow, for a heart the circling eddy. In generosity it is kind, in speech it is sincere, in authority it is order, in affairs it is ability, in movement it is rhythm. Inasmuch as it is always peaceable, it is never rebuked. Chapter 9 Continuing to fill a pail after it is full, the water will be wasted. Continuing to grind an axe after it is sharp will soon wear it away. Who can protect a public hall crowded with gold and jewels? The pride of wealth and position brings about their own misfortune. To win true merit, to preserve just fame, the personality must be retiring. This is the heavenly Tao. Chapter 10 by patience the animal spirits can be disciplined. 
By self-control, one can unify the character. By close attention to the will, compelling gentleness, one can become like a little child. By purifying the subconscious desires, one may be without fault. In ruling his country, if the wise magistrate loves his people, he can avoid compulsion. In measuring out rewards, the wise magistrate will act like a mother bird. While sharply penetrating into every corner, he may appear to be unsuspecting. While quickening and feeding his people, he will be producing but without pride of ownership. He will benefit but without claim of reward. He will persuade but not compel by force. This is to the profoundest virtue. Chapter 12 Although the wheel has thirty spokes, its utility lies in the emptiness of the hub. The jar is made by kneading clay, but its usefulness consists in its capacity. A room is made by cutting out windows and doors through the walls, but the space the walls contain measure the room's value. In the same way matter is necessary to form, but the value of reality lies in its immateriality. Or thus, a material body is necessary to existence, but the value of a life is measured by its immaterial soul. Chapter 12 An excess of light blinds the human eye. An excess of noise ruins the ear. An excess of condiments deadens the taste. The effect of too much horse racing and hunting is bad, and the lure of hidden treasure tempts one to do evil. Therefore, the wise man attends to the inner significance of things and does not concern himself with outward appearances. Therefore, he ignores matter and seeks the spirit. Chapter 13 Favor and disgrace are alike to be feared, just as too great care or anxiety are bad for the body. Why are favor and disgrace alike to be feared? To be favored is humiliating. To obtain it is as much to be dreaded as to lose it. To lose favor is to be in disgrace, and of course is to be dreaded. Why are excessive care and great anxiety alike bad for one? The very reason I have anxiety is because I have a body. If I have not body, why would I be anxious? Therefore, if he who administers the empire esteems it as his own body, then he is worthy to be trusted with the empire. Chapter 14 It is unseen because it is colorless. 
It is unheard because it is soundless. When seeking to grasp it, it eludes one because it is incorporeal. Because of these qualities, it cannot be examined, and yet they form an essential unity. Superficially, it appears abstruse, but in its depths, it is not obscure. It has been nameless forever. It appears and then disappears. It is what is known as the form of the formless, the image of the imageless. It is called the transcendental. Its face cannot be seen in front, or its back behind. But by holding fast the Tao of the ancients, the wise man may understand the present, because he knows the origin of the past. This is the clue to the Tao. Chapter 15 In olden times the ones who were considered worthy to be called masters were subtle, spiritual, profound, wise. Their thoughts could not be easily understood. Since they were hard to understand, I will try to make them clear. They were cautious like men wading a river in winter. They were reluctant like men who feared their neighbors. They were reserved like guests in the presence of their host. They were elusive like ice at the point of melting. They were like unseasoned wood. They were like a valley between high mountains. They were obscure like troubled waters. They were cautious because they were conscious of the deeper meanings of life and its possibilities. We can clarify troubled waters by slowly quieting them. We can bring the unconscious to life by slowly moving them. But he who has the secret of the Tao does not desire for more. Being content, he is able to mature without desire to be newly fashioned. Chapter 16 Seek to attain an open mind, the summit of vacuity. Seek composure, the essence of tranquility. All things are in process, rising and returning. Plants come to blossom, but only to return to the root. Returning to the root is like seeking tranquility. It is moving towards its destiny. To move toward destiny is like eternity. To know eternity is enlightenment. And not to recognize eternity brings disorder and evil. Knowing eternity makes one comprehensive. Comprehension makes one broad-minded. Breadth of vision brings nobility. Nobility is like heaven. The heavenly is like Tao. Tao is the eternal. The decay of the body is not to be feared. Chapter 17 When great men rule, subjects know little of their existence. Rulers who are less great win the affection and praise of their subjects. A common ruler is feared by his subjects, and an unworthy ruler 
is despised. When a ruler lacks faith, you may seek in vain for it among his subjects. How carefully a wise ruler chooses his words. He performs deeds and accumulates merit. Under such a ruler the people think they are ruling themselves. Chapter 18 When the great Tao is lost sight of, we still have the idea of benevolence and righteousness. Prudence and wisdom come to mind when we see great hypocrisy. When relatives are unfriendly, we still have the teachings of filial piety and paternal affection. When the state and the clan are in confusion and disorder, we still have the ideals of loyalty and faithfulness. End of chapter 18